so straight away we you know, didn't have, we didn't even ask each other. We just said yes straight away, yeah. <laughs> and which is kind of typical, you know, bite off more than you can chew and chew like hell and try and you know make it work. Welcome back to All Things Coffee. In this episode, we talk to our commercial director John Ronchi. John has years of experience in the coffee industry, from owning his own cafe to being a barista behind the bar to managing large-scale coffee operations. He has shared his insights on what it takes to run a successful coffee business. We also discuss the challenges that coffee businesses face and share some tips on how to stay ahead of the game and maintain a profitable business, all while staying true to your values and mission. So whether you're a coffee business owner, a coffee enthusiast, or just curious about the inner workings of the coffee industry, we know you're going to love this one. So sit back and enjoy this episode of All Things Coffee. Hey, Alex. How are you? Thanks for coming on. Thank you. So, John, on this podcast, we kind of talk about all things coffee and particularly about our careers and, you know, how we got into it and how it all started. And I guess that's our first question for you is like, how did you even get into coffee in the first place? Yeah, well, coffee's kind of been my entire career too, pretty much. Totally. I guess um, I was going right back to my first sort of exposure to coffee Yeah, was probably... Um, pretty young, so I'm um, a half Italian background. So, right. so my uh, first sort of exposure was, I guess, even as a kid, you know, going to the shops with my parents, and you know, they would get a coffee. We'd go to a cafe, and you know, I'd have a cappuccino or a bit of their, you know, bit of their cappuccino foam or whatever it was. But probably the most significant exposure was when um, when I was in grade seven. Um, my parents. Um, took me. We went to live in Italy for about three months. Oh, really? And um, and so and it was quite normal, you know, at that age too, that you know you would go and have a coffee in a cafe and that whole Italian sort of cafe, you know, experience. Um, and so I became very much exposed to it there. Came back, um, you know, did high school usual sort of stuff, and then like a lot of people at uni, um, ended up uh, getting a job in a cafe. Yeah, right. And um, and didn't start doing coffee. I was doing, um, working for a career company, loading trucks and other stuff at uni. And then uh, that was pretty hard physical work too. And I had friends who were working in cafes and thought, oh, that seems likely to be fine. I'll go and do that. Um, and got a job uh, at a cafe in Brisbane, uh, La Dolce Vita. Um, so shout out to Joe Vetsi who started La Dolce Vita and taught me a lot about coffee and running business. Um, and got a job there and just started out collecting you know, plates and just, you know, cleaning tables and being a busboy type thing. And then yeah, wow. sort of moved through the whole thing to working in the kitchen and a dish hand and actually cooking to eventually getting on the coffee machine. And that was kind of the prize role was being the barista. So after being there for about six months or a year before I could get to that point. Um, yeah, and uh, and was doing that and it was a really busy cafe. Yep. You know, we were open from 6.30 in the morning to like three in the morning pretty much. It was almost 24 hours a day. It was like, yeah, it was crazy. Um, and so, yeah, uh, enjoyed it. And then um, graduated and uh, was not involved in, in coffee at all. And then... Um, what did you graduate from? I did a commerce degree. So industrial relations and um, politics and public policy. Yeah, right. So, um, so had done some work um, in the political sphere as well, yeah, and uh, and then also for a business newspaper that I was working for, and then um, you know one of my friends who was still working there, so like, oh look, 
we have this gap on a Thursday night. Can you help cover? So even though I was working full time, I would go back and work in the cafes one day a week just to sort of help out because I still enjoyed it. And then um, had the opportunity to go back and be a manager there. Right. And so I was managing there for uh, about two years, I think, from memory. And had planned to go back to um, Italy for like an extended period of time for a holiday. So I'd been saving up. And the, I don't think I'd – well, I hadn't. I hadn't booked the flight at the time. But I, um, I was getting pretty close to it. And then a friend of mine who owned a, um, a hairdressing salon in Springwood in Brisbane contacted me one day and said, hey, look, this cafe that was next door that was doing all right, they, they've walked out, they've abandoned the place. I'm not sure what's happened. But the landlord – want someone to move in um, and pretty much the price of it is the price it would cost him to gut the place. Right. So on a whim, decided to not go on holidays and buy the business instead, used the savings that I had, maxed out my credit card, <laughs> bought the place, Wow. Uh, started painting, I had no idea really what I was doing, probably a little bit too overconfident in my <laughs> mid-20s that I would be able to do it um, and had, you know, you know, family and friends help paint and set everything up. I did it all myself, you know, ourselves pretty much. Uh, and then opened um, the cafe there called Cafe Veneto, which right. is a region in Italy where my family comes from. Uh, and got stuck into it and did that for a couple of years. And I think, you know, that really changed my perspective on on things as well because, you know, as an employee making coffee, I thought I was pretty good. Mm. I was like, I'm a great barista. Everyone <laughs> loves my coffee. And then all of a sudden when it's your own business, you're like, actually, I need to really take this seriously because <laughs> there's a lot more writing on this, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then I became, when I um, bought that business, became involved in um, in ASCA, the Australian Australasian Specialty Coffee Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually probably a little bit before that, entered barista competitions myself. This is kind of before um, the um, World Barista Championships had really taken hold. It was kind of mm. level. at that time in the industry that was all sort of developing and, and there's some, you know, and the people that, um, you know, helped helped bring all that to light are still around. You know, we still see them, you know, sort of run into them and they're in, in the coffee industry still, which I think says a lot about the coffee industry that people can really stay in it their entire life pretty much, their For entire sure. working life. So... Uh, yeah, so I did that and um, got more and more involved in, in industry events and um, became the, like the Queensland convener for ASCA and was one of the judges for the Australian Booster Championships. And, and this um, is while still in having the, a cafe. Yeah, in, ca- in the cafe, yeah. So, um, and, and of course, helped my de- personal development mm. as well because it was one thing being a competitor but then becoming a judge and then being exposed to a whole lot of different you know, people and, and techniques and all that sort of stuff. And it was, again, one of those things. I think that's what's always stayed with me, particularly with coffee. Uh, and I say it over and over again, you're only as good as the last one you make. Mm. You know, and, That's awesome. Uh, because just when you think something's really great and this is this new technique that is great, someone comes out with something that's, probably even better. Mm. So, you know, you can't ever really rest on your laurels and go, well, you know, um, I was making great coffee yesterday, so it'll be great again tomorrow. You know, it's not like that at all, mm. um, which is what I think makes it really interesting that you just kind of have to keep pushing yourself in no matter what part of the industry you're in or what you're doing, you've always got to, you know, keep pushing. And so, um, yeah, so it was really great um, to be able to meet all those people and get that sort of exposure and then had that business for uh, a couple of years um, and sold 
um, sold that one, started doing a bit of like consulting on the side and just training and, and helping doing some private um, training for competitors yep. as well. And then um, ended up meeting um, Eugene, uh, Eugene Pye, who became mm-hmm. um, one of the other directors of Campos when we opened up in, in Queensland. So we met when I had the first cafe. Um, they became friends and then, um, you know, was, had, you know, kept in touch with him and would, you know, go have a coffee with him sometime and and I was uh, sitting in his cafe at Spring Hill in Brisbane and I was telling him a story about how I'd found this site in the city uh, in, the, in the CBD, in Elizabeth Arcade it was and saying, you know, it's, it's empty but it used to be a cafe, I think it'd be a really good site, I think I'm going to put it in offer and he goes, that's the site I'm looking at too and... And so once again, on a bit of a whim, it's like, oh, well, we might as well just do it together. Let's just do it together. And yeah, so right. we opened uh, Naked Coffee um, in the city and uh, it was called Naked Coffee because our thing that we did was we um, had all uh, our porter filters were naked porter filters, yep. which again was quite a new thing at the time. Um, but we did – because it was had been used as a training tool previously. Mm. It's a really great way to, you know, to ensure that you're not getting channeling and mm. be able to explain that concept to people. Um, but we used it for for everything um, and set up cameras um, under the machine and had a TV behind us so you could see each shot being made and you could and so we were able to talk to people about it and explain to consumers, you know, customers on the other side of the machine. Uh, and we actually even set it up so to be honest, you weren't the people were next to us when we were making the coffee. So the machine was at the front of the shop, but there was nothing between us and the customer. So they could stand behind us and around us while we we're making their coffee. That's cool. Um, yeah, it was. It was very um, daunting. Now I, I much prefer to be hidden away because I'm, I'm a bit of a mess. You know, I have stuff everywhere. And so it also helped me a lot with bar designers. Like, mm. you know, I always say to people, why have a stainless steel bench? Like, it shows up all the coffee and it's always dirty, <laughs> go a dark brown or a black bench, you know. Um, so, and that was pretty cool. So we, we had good fun with that and, um, you know, got really busy. And and again, it was just that thing of really pushing all the time and seeing, mm. you know, what was happening. And we were getting, I was really involved in, in Asker at that point, coming to Sydney a lot. And um, I remember watching um, Living Coffee, which was a series on Fox Hill at the time. That Paul Bassett was that uh, was hosting, which is he was the first Australian World Barista mm-hmm. champion, and one of the people he interviewed was Will at, at Campos, and I was really, um, you know, I really liked Will's energy and and what he was doing, and um, anyway, so we, I was down in in Sydney for um, uh, an AGM, uh, ASCA, and uh, happened to sit next to Will and was talking to him, and, and then went and said, oh, well, I'll come and have a coffee with you tomorrow and, and was really taken by his um, focus on consistency. Right. And I really saw, um, you know, we often used to, you know, joke, you know, like brothers from another mother sort of things like, yeah, that's exactly what I think too. And he's oh, like, wow. yeah, that's how I want to run my business. And it was those sort of conversations straight away and uh, particularly around this consistency piece, yeah. you know, this idea because that was the thing that frustrated me as a business owner was I would use certain products um, or a certain brand of coffee and customers would come in and go, oh, I don't really like that coffee. I'm like, oh, why do you say that? I'm like, oh, well, I had it here at this place and I never liked it. I'm like, oh, but it could have been a different blend or it could have been – and then, you know, hopefully that would have mine. Go, oh, actually, I like it when you do it or vice versa. You know, like, oh, I really like your coffee, but when I go somewhere else, it's not as good. And it used to frustrate me seeing the brand that I was using somewhere and – 
see them not do a very good job of it or I was using a premium blend and the other place was using, you know, their cheaper blend, if we want of a better word. Mm. Um, mm. But still had the same branding and everything else. And so I was like, but we're not serving the same product. And so that concept around everyone had the same machinery, same crockery, same blender coffee. You know, we're all using the same technique. There was no hidden things. Like, you know, Newtown didn't have any special tricks or any better equipment than anyone else had. Everyone had the same gear. Um, and pretty much straight away I went back and said to Eugene, like, you've got to check out what this guy's doing. I took a, took a whole lot of coffee back and then straight away we went and bought a Lamadzocco and as soon as we had the Lamadzocco in, um, Will flew up to Brisbane, um, checked us out, walked around town to make sure there was, you know, like how we compared to everyone else and then we agreed we'd get started and um, essentially kind of the first people to start using Campos properly up in Brisbane. Right, so you started off with as a cafe using his coffee. Yep. Right, okay. Yeah, correct. And then, um, yeah, it really took off. And then about a year in, um, yeah, he, he, I remember Eugene and I were, were laughing about it not that long ago because Will, you know, sent us an email at the time and said, hey, guys, I want to come up and take you out to lunch and have a bit of a chat. And we're like, okay. So he's either telling us he can't supply us anymore or it's going to be something good. We're not quite sure. And it was good. He said, look, I want to open in Brisbane, in Queensland, but... I can't do it myself. Would you guys like to be involved mm. with this? Roastery is, is now where they have their wine room and yeah. their wine bar at the front. Yeah. Uh, and we moved. There is a um, um, Piccolo by her, which is sort of just up the street a little bit, which is where we moved the flagship to for a little while um, before we moved to where we are now at Gasworks. Yeah, nice. Um, so we've always been in that Fortitude Valley Newstead area over the years and moved the roastery around as we've grown. We've sort of gotten bigger and bigger and moved it to bigger spaces. Yeah, wow. So how did that kind of, you know, partnership then develop? Like, did he say, all right, now we need you to reach all the cafes in Queensland or was he just like, oh, I want you to build them all? Like, how did that kind of relationship work? And yeah, I think, um, you know, there wasn't. It was just we he we wanted to do that anyway. So yeah, cool. it was always us sort of, you know, pushing him, but what can we do to do this and that? And, and we very much uh, grew together at the same time. So that came about, I mean, my involvement in the business, um, well, that happened um, when we opened Campos in Brisbane 15 years ago. Right. And we were a customer. So we, I came on as a customer, or Eugene and I came on as a customer at, at Naked Coffee um, only a couple of years after Will started Campos. Mm. So we were kind of there from the beginning. So we were very much just growing at the same time. And and um, and that's what happened particularly in Brisbane. You know, we um, we you know, had our own, you know, accounting system. We were just like just running it like it was our, you know, our own business too, you know, which it was. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it was just we just kept uh, growing and we were always, you know, checking in um, with stuff and he would come up and we would come, you know, down and visit. But they were never... Um, and I think that's why it went so well because we were just all so aligned mm. with what the goal was for the business and the sort of customers we wanted to supply and the sort of people we wanted to work mm. with and the sort of coffee we wanted to produce. Mm -hmm. So um, there was never these kind of strategy alignment sessions that were needed. Like we we're always on the same page with stuff and particularly around customer service and what we wanted to do with people. So, yeah. yeah, I love that. That's I love when you kind of connect with someone so well that you feel like everything, you don't, you don't even almost need yet to have those strategy meetings or thinking meetings because you're going, that's just the way I feel. That's the way you yeah, feel. Like yeah. It's kind of a real special moment when you do meet people or connect with people that way. Yep. So how did you move from then having your cafe 
to then, I don't know, moving it to having BDMs or uh, <laughs> having uh, trainers or whatever, all those kind of things. Yeah, like, yeah. What were the steps that you went from that to, you know, where it kind of eventually got to? Yeah, look, it's, um, and in, a, what, in one way, I guess it feels it's moved very quickly, but all these things take time. So everyone starts off smaller. So in, when we first started, say in Brisbane, um, you know, during the, and we weren't having to roast every day because we didn't have all the customers that we have now. So, you know, we might be, I think we're going to be roasting two or three days, three days a week it was. And so, you know, I would, um, I came to Sydney, learned how to roast here at Banks Meadow, spent some time here. Um, I, you know, from a consistency point of view, used to work behind the bar at Newtown as well, spent some time with the guys there. And so um, then I came, you know, uh, obviously coming backwards and forwards doing that um, in Brisbane before we opened to make sure that we sort of have everything set up. And so I would uh, roast. Eugene was taking care of all the retail side of the business, so he was out the front in the cafe managing that, helping with wholesale as well. Uh, I would roast um, and then, you know, roast and then do the deliveries myself with customers and do the training and then on the weekend I'd be behind the bar so you know seven days a week is what you do yeah. in your own business and then um, you know and then as time came on you know we, we needed someone to help with training so one of the Brewsters was really good we're like would you like to help us do training two days a week and then that person turned into a BDM and then we got another person to train and by then I you know started teaching someone else how to roast so I could get off the roaster to go and see more new customers and you know then you get someone in the office to help with the book work and so you end up growing the team slowly slowly and then you know you build out from that before you know it you know I'm no longer I'm not roasting anymore because there's enough people to do that and I'm not having to do the training anymore so I often kind of joke with people you know, even now you know, like I know a little bit of everything, but not too much of anything. And it's probably annoying for a lot of people because, oh, yeah, I used to do a bit of roasting and, you know, like same thing with fixing coffee machines, you know, like the first time at the time, at that time in Brisbane, hardly anyone had a Lamazocco mm. machine. So we would call people, there was a problem, and they'd open up the machine and call Lamazocco and go, so I've got it open, what do I do now? I'm like, man, I can do that. Oh, you know, we'll just start fixing them ourselves. So, you know, my, my brother-in-law Ian started working for us. Um, he went out and got his restricted electrical license and said, we'll send you off to London and learn how to fix coffee machines and we'll just do them do it ourselves. You know, and he's still with us today yeah. uh, doing that as well. So it's very much the story of most people that have a small business that as you do a bit of everything. Yeah. You know, you have to. I think it's amazing. I think it's really cool that you've kind of gone from barista to... <laughs> Business owner to consulting, back to business owner to roasting. <laughs> I think you know it gives you a big, you know, a breadth of understanding of of how how things work. Mm. I think it's really important, um, and it's not even the it's the empathy yeah. of what it's like to do those jobs and what it's like to have a small business. I think it's in my career in in this industry. I think that's probably the most invaluable thing for me is that, you know, and, and not to use it as a marketing spiel that but we do talk about a lot. It's like I know what it's like to not have people turn up in the morning. I know what it's like to turn up at 5.30 in the morning and have the machine not working. I know the fear, the panic that you have and that's why we take it seriously. Mm. You know, that's why I take it seriously. Mm. Like even now because I guess I've been around so long and I've had the same mobile number for 20 years. If people can't get hold of a you know, BDM, because it's hard, you know, 5.30 in the morning, BDM, you might have gone out the night before and fair enough, you might be asleep. They can't get hold of someone, they call me and they 
they can probably detect the panic in my voice going, oh, no, I know. It's all right. I'm on to it. We'll we'll fix it because if you haven't done that stuff before, you can't really have that empathy for someone to Mm. know the challenges of that role, you know, and the potential, um, you know, progression and everything else too. Yeah, wow. I think that's really cool. I I don't know. It's it's always inspiring to see people, yeah, touch every role because I, I just, yeah, you're right. It, it's what it is. It gives you empathy to really feel their pain because mm. it is. When the machine stops working and there's a line or there's people, customers, depending on that morning coffee to get them up or to make them feel happy or give them that spark of joy for the day, Yeah, it brings like, the sweat begins to pour down, yeah, like yeah. your armpits start getting sweaty and you're like, oh my mm. goodness, my whole world's about to implode. So yeah. I think that is really cool. So how did you then go from, you know, running that Queensland business to getting to, I guess, to somewhat the position you are yeah, today? Sure. So what happened to is we were running that as a license, uh, yep. a license agreement and it was a 10-year agreement with Will. And so it got to the 10-year um, mark and, and we extended it a little bit and then we're like, you know, we, we used to talk about it all the time. Like, why don't we just fully merge properly, you mm. know? And then unfortunately, um, it's one of those things that it sort of gets kicked down the road because you're just so busy on, oh, we need to buy a new roaster and we need to do this and we need to, you know, and oh, yeah, we'll come back to that. And we kept sort of delaying, delaying. And the bigger you get, the harder it is because mm. then all of a sudden – Lawyers get involved, accountants get involved. Mm. And it's like, this should be really easy. And there's like, oh, no, but you need evaluation. You need this. And you're like, oh, man. So um, really lucky that we had um, the, the leadership team that we had with, you know, our previous CEO and CFO that was in the business too that we're like, no, we're going to make this really simple and mm. we're just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just did it. And part of that what then was that merge of, of Queensland and, and the New South Wales business, which externally for a lot of people would have looked – like it was the same business anyway. It was really just a back-end thing that we needed to sort out. Um, part of that um, saw me move to Sydney to take care of the wholesale business. Mm-hmm. So um, the director of customer relationships was the, the thing. And I, it's funny, I kind of deliberately said I don't want sales in the title because I don't consider myself a salesperson at right. all. Like I, I know what I know and I like talking about what I like talking about, but I can't go out and sell, you know, chairs or something like that. It's not me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so really it was, again, that focus on the relationships with customers that mm-hmm. I wanted to help develop. And so, yes, yeah, so I came to Sydney and I started that role and, and that was a you know, journey of getting around all the states and visiting all the customers that we had everywhere and seeing, you know, what was going on and, and just sort of help, you know, realigning everything as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the business had gone through a big period of change with, with people. And so um, getting all that happening and so and that's sort of where it progressed from there and, you know, as you know, people come and go in the business and now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm um, kind of left running the show. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I, I even just like that transition where you're kind of saying that you've gone out and seen all the customers and you kind of almost just got a really great picture mm. of the whole business and to, you know, as you're saying, more of that empathy because you've actually kind of, had that opportunity to see that. Yeah. And so I guess my question to you is if someone was out there, you know, running a, a one of a, a cafe or a business of some sort of like that, is um what would you like number one advice or top three bits of advice yeah. you'd have for for someone like that? I think for um you know the one that I've thought about a lot 
in you know the benefit of hindsight is particularly the first business I had I didn't uh, enter the business with the end in mind I think a lot of people the excitement of opening something and they don't really have a good thing is this a long-term thing am I what's the purpose of this am I going to build the business up to sell it am I going to build the business up to get a system in place to be able to open another business. And that's when you, and I've seen it a lot over the years, people become a bit disillusioned and they're not enjoying it anymore. It's a real struggle. The business ends up dropping off, you know, because they're not putting the attention into it they used to, which is, a you know, even worse because then they can't get the value that they want to get if they want to sell it and they feel stuck mm. in it. So I think that's the main thing. If you're going to do it and you don't have to do it at a big scale, you know, like, I've always been a fan of, you know, you start off small, but the benefit of me having that small, you know, cafe in, in Springwood was I could make mistakes and made plenty of them, but financially it wasn't crippling. Mm. You know, it wasn't a million dollar fit out or anything like that. It was mm. very simple. So I could try things. And then, yeah, and so do go with that end in mind, you know, what's what's the sunset <laughs> look like so you can plan for that. Um and, you know, make sure that you're doing something, I think, too, within your capability at the time that you enjoy because you can bring people in to help you, you mm. know. Like I um, I have really great people around me. You know, the success of Campos, you know, and I was talking to someone, a journalist actually about that the other day, and he said, oh, so who's the spokesperson for Campos now? Like, well, we don't actually have one because it depends on what you want to talk about. If you want to talk about green coffee sourcing everything, I'm going to tell you to go talk to Lloyd. He's our guy. Or about coffee, you talk to Adam. Or, you know, um, so it's not one single person. Like, you know, the business um, business has become successful because of a whole lot of people. It's not about maybe contrary to what some people <laughs> think about a particular owner. It's not. It's all these people in the background um, as well. So if you surround yourself with good people too, um, that's going to be really important and not have it all fall on your shoulders and I think that was the other thing I learned a lot particularly with the first one because I, I loved making coffee so much I was mm. always on the machine and no one would oh we'll just wait until John comes back from the bathroom before I order a coffee I'm like come on like I've done all this training with these people they're fine um, and even you know even up until recently if I was behind the bar somewhere making it you know I'd be like, oh, I can still tell when you make the coffee I'm like I didn't actually make it for you. It was the barista next to me that made it. I was just standing there. Um, but it's that psychological thing that people have that, you know, they, they get really attached to the barista and everything. And that's the goes back to the importance of that consistency. So I think that's um, really key. And be willing to work hard. Mm. Like small business, you know, people, I still think running a small business is way harder than running a big business. When you have a bigger business, you have really smart people around you that can help you with stuff, that can help make you look good. When you're running a small business, you've got to do everything mm. and you've got to be on nonstop. And as a small business owner, you go home to do the bookwork and to, you know, to pay people and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's really hard work and, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's a cafe or a restaurant or any business. Um, no, it's, it's hard work and it's, you've really got to dedicate yourself to it. So I think that's the first thing is to mentally prepare yourself that you may not get another holiday again easily <laughs> or, a, or real time off. You know, you'll always have to be contactable. And that's okay if that's part of your life. You know, that can be still be fun. Totally. And I think that's actually linked straight back to the first cafe you opened up with Eugene, you know, Naked mm. Coffee, right? It's, it is like that as it kind of exposes everything, which is kind of 
the beauty in it as well. Mm. It's like it's it's hard, but it's there's a beauty in that like just full like being fully immersed in every part of it. And yeah. oh man, I also really love the other part you said was we've kind of heard it a few times of surround yourself around the people you kind of want to be like or yep. surround yourself around people that you feel like that's actually going to help you move forward in your career. And so even those ideas that at the start where you were talking about being involved in uh, barista championships and mm. putting yourself involved um, with the coffee, especially coffee world, has allowed you to kind of to continue to be around the people that kind of grow and it leads you into conversations with Will. Yep. Lead you into you know the position you are in today, yeah. and I think that's that's pretty special. Yeah, and also the other side too, right? You get to see things that you don't want to do. Yeah, or or you get to work with, and it's the same in any business. You get to work with people that you know are challenging to work with or for. You know, and you look and go, okay, well, one day if I'm going to be a, a business owner or a manager, or I'm going to manage people. I'm not going to do that because I can see the impact that it's had. So, you know, I think that's the thing too. It's it's um it's it's the benefit of having both. The more people you're around that are good and not so good, um, you know, bad is perspective, but you know, uh, that's that's what really helps you. I think. Yeah, amazing. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Great to see you again. Totally. We really appreciate it. Cheers. 